My dear Christian friends, while Shelly and I were dating, one of the things that we would do on dates was go people watching. Now, you might think that we did that because I'm so cheap, and you wouldn't be wrong, but it was also fascinating that we would go to parks or to the food court in the mall or to the airport back when you could go to the airport and just watch people. It was interesting to see what people were wearing because remember, this was the early 90s. It was intriguing to see how people interacted with each other. And it was also informative as you picked up on people's body language. Well, this morning we hear in our gospel lesson that Jesus was people watching. Now, how does that make you feel? Does that seem creepy or is it comforting? Is it comforting to know that you have a God who is always watching over you? He neither slumbers nor sleeps. But is it also kind of creepy and unsettling to know that God is always watching you, even when you don't want him to be? We find Jesus in our gospel lesson sitting in the temple courtyard watching the offering box where the people were bringing in their gifts to support the temple treasury. Now obviously Jesus hasn't learned anything about people's personal privacy. And there's a sobering thought here that if Jesus is watching what this widow gives and if he's watching what the rich people give, That means he's also interested in watching what you and I give to support his ministries too. So we ask the question today, should Jesus be watching our wealth? Well, if it surprises you to learn that Jesus was watching people and what they were giving, then maybe it surprises you even more to know when Jesus was watching people give their offerings. This was Tuesday of Holy Week. Three days after this, he would be hanging dead on a Roman cross. And yet with the clock ticking on his life, what does Jesus do? Mark reports, Jesus sat down opposite the offering box and was watching how the crowd put money into it. Many rich people put in large amounts. Now, Jesus is not sitting there in the temple courtyard because he needs a breather. Jesus sat down specifically in that spot so that he could watch what people were giving in their offerings. The Greek here is intuitive. It says that Jesus was watching. He was staring at. He was studying what the people were giving in their offerings. And he did this for some time. Now, for us as Lutherans, we're kind of humble and modest about our gifts, that when we put cash in the offering plate, we fold it up. We turn the check upside down so no one sees what it is. We even put the the offering envelope upside down so no one even sees the number we have. We're very humble and modest, and so to know that Jesus is watching what we give, that can make us seem rather uncomfortable. Should Jesus really be watching our wealth? If you and I were Jesus' personal advisors, we would tell him, Jesus, don't watch what people are giving. You've got better things to be watching this week. You need to be watching where you can celebrate the Last Supper. Don't give that assignment to the disciples. You should be watching the Pharisees because they're out to trap you. And you should be watching that slimeball Judas. He's looking for an opportunity to betray you. 
but watching what people are doing at the temple. Don't do that. Because watching what people are giving gives the impression that God really cares what his people are doing in support of his ministry. Well, despite our input to the Son of God, he just ignores it. And he's sitting there watching what people give. And he is watching rich people give in large amounts to the offering. That shouldn't surprise us. We kind of expect rich people to be able to give of their wealth. In fact, Jesus himself said this. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. But there's another insight that the Greek gives us here. It seems as if the rich people were giving their gifts in the offering and then they were getting back in line to do it again and again. That would be like today when the ushers pass out the offering plates and then as it's collected and they're coming forward to bring the offering to put on the altar, you stop them and say, Mr. Usher, I need to put in my second offering envelope. So it shouldn't surprise us that Jesus is really watching their gifts, but he's not really watching their gifts. He is watching the motives behind giving those gifts. To Jesus, the amount was not as important as the motivation behind that amount. And then Jesus saw another person. Now no one would have mistaken this woman for a big giver. One poor widow came and put in two small bronze coins worth less than a penny. Well, Jesus is watching this woman's wealth too. Now, does it surprise you that she's poor? No. It shouldn't surprise us because social security isn't going to be invented for another 1,900 years. She puts in two small coins. That shouldn't surprise us either because that's the bare minimum that was asked to, for Jews to put into the temple treasury. What should surprise us and even shock us is that we would never have known about this woman unless Jesus said something about her. Jesus called his disciples together and said to them, Amen, I tell you, and whenever Jesus says amen, something important is following. Amen, I tell you, this poor widow put in more into the offering box than all the others. This poor widow that no one else would have taken notice of, Jesus, our Lord, takes notice of. She had given more than all the others. Can you imagine the disciples Jesus, you're telling me that this poor widow who put in her two coins gave more than those other people who gave thousands of dollars? That doesn't make any sense. And to our eyes, it doesn't make any sense. But Jesus could see what you and I and the disciples could not see. He says, for they all gave out of their surplus, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all that she had to live on. When Jesus was watching Jerusalem's givers, he saw the rich give out of their wealth. They gave thousands, but they had thousands left over. They could give lots of money, but then go home to a warm house, a cozy bed, and a full pantry. They gave big gifts, 
but there was very little personal sacrifice behind those gifts. They gave out of their comfort. They weren't sacrificing. They were giving a little bit of the icing, but they still had plenty of icing and the entire cake left over. This widow didn't give any icing. She didn't give any cake. She didn't have any cake to give. She gave her daily bread. She gave her bread money and her milk money. She gave everything, all that she had to live on. She didn't give thousands. She gave a few cents. The amount of her offering was tiny, but the amount of her sacrifice was total. This widow gave everything she had, and yet she still had absolutely everything because she had the promises of God and she had the spirit-given faith in those promises. She reminds us of the widow of Zarephath in our first scripture reading. Here's this widow. Just enough bread for one more day of living. And yet she gave up her daily bread to the Lord's prophet, trusting that the Lord would give her daily bread for the next day and the days after that. Both widows gave beyond their ability, trusting in the Lord's ability to care for them. They didn't give from their comforts. They had no comforts. Their gifts were truly sacrificial. So friends, how does it make you feel to know that Jesus is watching people? Now, instead of sitting in the temple courtyard, Jesus is sitting on his throne in heaven, but he's still watching people. He's still watching the offering box. Now, is that creepy or is that comforting to you? Is it warming to you or is it a warning to you? What does Jesus see when he watches you? Are you giving sacrificially or are you giving comfortably? Jesus watched this widow give her last two coins that ended up being everything that she had. What the Lord saw was not the smallness of her amount but the greatness of her faith. And this here is a picture of Jesus and his faithfulness, that he too emptied himself of the richness of his glory, taking on the poverty of humanity. This widow is an example of faithfulness and generosity, and let's be honest, she puts all of us to shame as we give out of our fear and our stinginess. It's not an issue of resources. It is always an issue of faith. I think we'd all agree. It's easy to be hospitable when we have a lot in our home. It's easy to give of our money when our wallet and our purse and our bank accounts are full. It is easy to give food when our belly is full. It's easy for us to be loving when others are loving us. It's easy for us to be friendly when we have lots of friends. It's easy for us to give from our comfort when we're still comfortable after those gifts are received. But then the question is, where is the faith in all of that? When we have an abundance, when we begin with an abundance, then none of that really requires a lot of faith. But when we have nothing, 
then even a simple act of giving a few cents is an act of faith. It is an expression of confidence in our Lord's mercy. When we give and we have to sacrifice to give, then we are being truly Christ-like, who gave up everything in order to give us everything, even the mansions of heaven. That's what Paul says when he writes, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. Now none of us are like the widows in this story. Because even the poorest among us are still wealthier than 90% of the people who live today and 99% of the people who have ever lived in the history of this world. But this is not about how much or how little we have. It's about the character of our faith. Some people think that we need people who are rich in resources in order to support the ministry of a church and a church body. But that's not what we need. We need people of faith. People of faith who give not because they have much, but because they trust much. We need people who give not from the leftovers of their comfort, but who are willing to give sacrificially even from their poverty. We need people who are willing to stand at the foot of the cross and give from out of thankfulness and trusting and generous hearts. We need people who stand at the foot of the cross trusting God to give them daily bread. We need people who stand at the foot of the cross who are trusting in Christ's death and resurrection. People who stand at the foot of the cross who by the aid of the Holy Spirit are able to live in faith and fear all of their days. You and I know that this is foolishness in our world. It is foolish that they look at you getting up and getting dressed and going to church or getting up and watching online. It is even more foolish for you to give to support the ministry of a church. But that's why we don't listen to the world. Our wisdom comes from the scriptures. Our wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit who opens our eyes so that we watch people. And it's okay to watch people. The Apostle Paul in our scripture lesson, he talked about the Corinthians watching what the Macedonians were giving. It's good for us and good for you to watch what others around you are giving in their time, their talents, even watch what they give in their treasures. But especially you watch Jesus. Watch what he gave, that he gave up the glory and the mansion and his throne in heaven in order to be taking on the poverty of humanity in his incarnation, taking on the form of an, the most helpless of all creatures, of a human infant, and laid in a feeding trough. He did this so that you and I might receive the riches of forgiveness, grace, and salvation. I know that most of us have our noses buried in our phones all the time, so it's hard for us to look up and watch other people. Now put your phones away. There's a lot of good things that happen when you're not looking at your phone. And one of those good things is watching other people. It shouldn't be creepy, but rather it is comforting to know that our Lord is watching you from his heavenly throne. He is watching his people give of their wealth. So what does he see when he watches you give? As he watches you give and support the ministry here at Water of Life and in the wells. 
Does he see you and I giving like the traditional average Christian in America giving 2.8% of our wealth? If we are, just imagine what we would do in our church and church body if we doubled that to around 6%. Imagine what would happen if we gave 10%, even 10% for 10 weeks like we're talking about in this series then imagine what God could do with that, with his people stepping out in faith of sacrificial giving. What does the Lord see when he watches you give? Does he see you giving from your comfort or giving from your sacrifice? Again, we can take a lesson from the Macedonian Christians. They were physically poor and yet they were so spiritually wealthy, they were asking, they were begging the Apostle Paul, to let them give to support their brothers and sisters in Jerusalem, to give out of their poverty. Again, we are often tempted to believe that kingdom work needs to be supported by those with deep pockets. We need people to give from their surplus, but that's not the way the Christian church has been supported or will be supported. It is often and will be often supported by those who may be monetarily poor but who are spiritually wealthy. So today, let us pray to follow the examples as we watch the widow of Zarephath, the widow in the temple courtyard, the Christians in Macedonia, to be like them, to give sacrificially. Our Lord is faithful and he will do it. Amen.